Y'all know what it is. Got the dub. We gotta keep this thing rolling. Hey, this is a good opponent, man. But it only matters when you get the dub. It only matters when you get the dub. Welcome back to Ravens Recap. We got the crew here. Gonna talk about the game up in Western New York against the Bills today. Man, this was another nail biter coming off that very close uh, victory over the San Francisco team at home. And uh, I, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but uh, uh, my nails were a little short today. <laughs> my nails were completely <laughs> intact. <laughs> Ravens won 24 to 17 against the Bills. I will say I was watching it on YouTube TV at a friend's house. And every once in a while, it was weird. It seemed like sometimes I was kind of in sync with everyone else and sometimes a little behind. So on that final drive, you know, when it was pretty tense, I just closed the iPad, put the phone away and said, you know what? No more notes. (laughs) I want to watch the game (laughs) and not know what's going to happen next. So, yeah, that was uh, it was something I I don't know if I was too nervous because if the Bills had scored on that final possession, you know, Lamar gets it back and uh, I like our chances, although as we'll talk about later, it seemed like the whole team was struggling. The Bills are legit. They really are. As you guys will notice from my score prediction, this game went pretty much how I expected. I will say I was surprised with how well... <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> hey, man, just, just, check the, just check the Excel sheet. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I will say for me, the biggest surprise that I had coming out, out of this game was how well the, the Bills did at bottling up Lamar I mean the guy only had 40 rushing yards that's a bad game for him that's a great rushing game for almost any other quarterback in the league not named Russell Wilson but that's uh I don't have the numbers in front of me but that's one of his lowest outputs on the year only 3.6 yards per carry and there were a couple times where you know he was dancing around in the pocket trying to escape the rush and he didn't get very far on runs that in previous games he was getting pretty far on. But I will say, and we'll, we'll get into talking about this game, I never really felt nervous about this game. My impression of this game was a game that the Ravens were never out of the driver's seat of. Sure, they didn't blow this team out, but I never really felt like the Bills were ever in danger of of taking the game over as well as they played. They put up a great fight against this team and certainly showed that in spite of the fact that they only have a couple wins this year against playoff caliber teams, that they are still a legit team and a team that if the Ravens do have a rematch in the playoffs, they will have to take very seriously. But today I felt the bills were good, but at no point did I feel like they were good enough to win the game. I feel like for most of the game, I kind of felt that way, but it got toward that last drive. The Bills had the ball. There were a lot of uh, there were a lot of flags I think that were being called in that one, and and it was on both sides too. I think there were a, a couple pass interference calls, and then I think there was a holding call on Buffalo, and so they were kind of like really driving down the field. Although it didn't really feel like the Ravens were giving up too many big plays, it was just really inopportune penalties. And so combine that with the, you know, the offense was kind of struggling throughout the game. It, it felt like one, I didn't think the Bills were in control of the game, but I also didn't feel like we were in solid control either. So that's what made me a little bit worried. Yeah, we were up by two scores for a good bit of the game. Um, and I think that's what gave us that sense of security. 
It just was sloppy, though. That's the number one word I would call it. I think we had some opportunities left on the field, and they just didn't seem as sharp as they had been in previous weeks. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm curious what you guys think. They were talking through the week that they were changing their practice schedule to not overwork the guys because of the short week for the Jets game. Do you think that had something to do with how they performed today? I honestly don't, and this is why. I felt that despite the fact that you know, there was that one drive that where the Bills did get the a well-orchestrated touchdown to Cole Beasley. Outside of that drive, which was very sloppy penalty-wise, I thought the defense played an incredible game, one of the best games they've played this year. I didn't really see a drop-off in the defense's performance today. And as far as the offense not really scoring as many points as we're used to them scoring, I just feel like it was just a good defensive game by Buffalo. Like... I don't think that was anything as far as bad preparation. It was just, this is just what happens. The past two weeks, the Ravens have played defenses that are in the top quarter of the league, whereas the five-game stretch from Seattle through the Rams, they were playing defenses that were either bottom half of the league defenses, or in the Patriots' case, and the Texans' case as well, I guess, were defenses that whose rankings were inflated because of the competition they played. So I think the past two weeks and maybe I'm wrong about this This take, is more so just the Ravens running up against defenses that are more on the level of where the offense is right now than them actually taking a step back as far as game plan execution. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the, you know, the Bills did a, a really good job of bottling up a lot of stuff. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to the offense. All the credit goes to those guys for playing a really close game. I, I definitely would say that the the Bills defense were carrying the team this game. Josh Allen did some stuff, but honestly, I wasn't really too scared of, of him. He had a lot of overthrows and just missed opportunities. I didn't feel like he was going to win the game for the Bills, but I would have said if the Bills defense were to make another play in the second half, like that could have shifted the game. The other thing to, to talk about as well, which kind of it really affected us uh, last week, but also a little bit this week, it, it wasn't the rain that affected us, but apparently the wind up uh, in Orchard Park was really swirling up there. And I guess it didn't look like too much, at least from the broadcast. Depending on which flags you were looking at, uh, the wind would either be like not there or it'd be like all over the place. And, you know, I think with that, there were just a there were a handful of throws that were just slightly off from Lamar and, and just like just so close. I, I can think of like two or three passes that would have been like fantastic huge chunk plays that were just off by a couple inches here or there, you know, that I could, you know, see the wind, you know, can the wind moving them around. But, you know, regardless, uh, you know, hey, the Ravens keep finding ways to win these games and that's just awesome. Yeah, you bring up a good point with the wind. Lamar did have his first interception today since all the way back week five week five yeah which is an insane streak and when you consider the interception today I think that he can with the competitor Lamar is and the attention to detail that he's really taking with his game this year he won't give him this excuse but I think the wind was probably played a part in that interception that was definitely a high throw to Sneed Lamar had a couple high throws this game, which really isn't something you generally see from him. Yeah, sometimes he throws balls behind receivers, but throwing high really isn't 
something that that he does. So I, I th- would think that some of those throws we were seeing today was a problem with the wind. And I think Josh Allen on the opposite side of the field was also struggling with that. It looked like in the first quarter, every time he tried to throw a pass over 10 yards, it was like five to 10 yards in front of his the intended receiver. It also affected the punter. I asked CJ during the game, like, is your punter typically this bad? And he's like, no, this is new. So I think Sam, he actually kicked a really low kick when he was going in that direction, I think, to combat the swirling winds. But uh, yeah, it, it seemed to really be affecting the kicking game as well. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see what Justin Tucker would have done with uh, wizard mode with this wind. You know, he only had that one, only one field goal today, just a measly 36 yarders. So we missed out on that today. <laughs> yeah, he's like 58 straight. Something crazy. I think 59 after that kick. So pretty good for the golden leg. I saw some article the other day where it was talking about how like this is like a historically bad year for kickers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like um, 5% lower kick average on field goals. And once again, you know, Justin Tucker, we take this guy for granted because, you know, I think a lot of NFL fans just, just think the kicking position is automatic. I don't have the numbers up for me right now, but I do remember seeing some articles this week saying that, you know, this year in general has been a really bad year for the kicker position. I have a tweet here from NFL Research. Now, this is just through week eight of this season there were over 120 missed combined extra point and field goal misses by NFL kickers this year. And the next closest year after that was 2001 with 109 misses and 95 with 108 misses. And the numbers have just gone up since then. And yet Tucker has only missed one field goal and one extra point this year. Both of those barely, like they were very close to crossing in into the crossbar. And we just saw today in the in the Chiefs game, the Patriots had a block kick with kicker number five or six that they've, you know, wheeled out there. I don't even know what the guy's name is. And man, the the Colts should have beat the Bucks today, but once again, they had kicker woes. It's not something we're talking about with this team a ton as like an advantage going into the playoffs and as far as the Ravens Super Bowl chances this year, because Tucker's just always been there and he's always He's always Mr. Automatic, but it's still something that is a huge advantage for the Ravens and shouldn't be be taken for granted. I mean, I think it's a Baltimore thing, too, because other than the one bad Cundiff year, we've had good kickers, including Cundiff, um, you know, when he was on his game. Stover was a legend. He was almost as automatic, you know. So, and uh, Hauschka, who we played against, he was on the Ravens for a bit. So, you know, it's we have a tradition of... Uh, pretty good kickers i was watching one of the games and i was i saw earlier in the week they were talking about the wolf pack and you know when cox gives a snap he knows it takes three and a quarter rotations to get the laces there so that the laces are at 12 or 11 o'clock and i forget what game it was it might have actually been our game with the bills playing today and uh i saw him rotate the the ball a good bit on the kick and i was like mm, not like us they don't got no wolf pack <laughs> yeah it's just amazing how long these guys have been able to play together and just perfect their craft and continue to just be like you know dominant of you know just some of the best guys in the league on special teams it's it's crazy to think about and you know you look at all of these other positions where you might have you know people going off you know and be really really great one year and then next year you know fall off and 
it's pretty cool to, you know, have some guys who are just like consistently great at, at what they do every year. Speaking of great, I think we need to talk about the defense. That was definitely another great side of the ball today. Number one stat that pops out, the sacks. Josh Allen was sacked six times, under duress most of the game. That was fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean, the Ravens uh, the Ravens' pass rush has really been coming on strong ever since I gave up on them after that uh, Cincinnati Bengals game. <laughs> Dude, man, they were just after Josh Allen all day, and it wasn't like a, like a Deshaun Watson case. I mean, there were some plays where they got to him because... I was going to say, there are a few that were kind of covered sacks or just right. pulling the ball too long. But I felt like against Deshaun Watson, the majority of the sacks were where the quarterback held it too long, where I feel like with this today's game, like Matt Judon and Jalen Ferguson, like they just had permanent rent out there in the, in the bills backfield. That's probably why Chuck Clark got confused <laughs> before that one game. Cause he's yeah, just like, right, right. <laughs> just like, I, I thought it's free. I thought it's free rent here, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, one and a half sacks for Judon today, one sack for Earl. He got his first full sack on the year or, or for his, for his career today after having his first half sack last week unfortunately it was sullied a bit by a bogus penalty but that's neither here nor there uh. um <laughs> lj Ford, we were playing the refs this, the fourth you know there was an extra player on the team for them that fourth man, quarter man <laughs> i i usually don't complain about the refs unless it's egregious today was there were several calls against the Bills today and some and some non-calls on the Ravens. I still do think that Jimmy Smith pass interfered on that that one play, but on that drive where the Bills got that that t- second touchdown, I I still don't know what those flags were about. That those were very odd. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't we didn't end st- stop talking about all the guys you got in the backfield though. Half sack for Pierce, really clutch sack for LJ Fort on that last defensive drive. Jalen Ferguson had a t- sack and three QB hits. Josh Bynes had a sack. Josh Allen is, you know, he's still checking over his shoulder to see if Judon's running after him right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I try not to blame the refs too, man. I I hope to play a game that's good enough where the refs don't matter. And that's why, you know, I said the game kind of felt sloppy is because we had to start talking about the refs. But yeah, they definitely, they were not on their A game today. They haven't been on their A game all season. It's pretty poor. Yeah, well, uh, it feels like most week. I mean, most weeks there's calls you like, calls you don't like, and, and they kind of go both ways. I thought for most of the part, the game was kind of like that until, like you said, Peter. I think up until about that last drive in the fourth quarter, and then it felt like flags were coming out almost every play, and it just kind of got to the point where it's just like, really? Oh my, come on! Yeah, I think another thing that you know to, to talk of how the refs are getting worse. I think another thing that that doesn't help them is like. Our TV quality is so good now. Like, you know, back in the day when you had the old cathode ray TVs, like, yeah, that grainy picture, like, you couldn't tell if too well what was going on on the field. Now we all got these, you know, super high-def TVs, and, like, you can zoom in on, on the plays and clearly see what's going on. I think the refs are calling it the same as ever. It's just now now from home, we can see the game better. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like you said last week, two blades of grass separated that ball from being... uh a touchback oh yeah and back in the day you couldn't tell that yeah you're not you're not being able to, to tell that in 95 <laughs> unless you really adjusted your antenna really well <laughs> <laughs> it's 
The most high-def cathode ray tube TV ever. Yeah. <laughs> Back onto the defense, though. Overall, I definitely did a really great job of keeping Allen in the pocket, applying a lot of pressure for him. But also the secondary as well did a pretty good job of taking away Smokey Brown. Uh, he only had a couple of catches. And you know even the other guys that they had uh, on the perimeter as well didn't uh, make all that many big plays. Uh, up, up until that one drive, I think Cole Beasley had a, a couple of big catches to punch in the touchdown that the Bills would eventually get. Overall, I, I, I thought we did a pretty good job for, for what was there. It definitely also makes me feel better, too, that we kind of pick Lamar because, I don't know, just sitting there watching Allen under duress the whole game, I was just like, I, I almost felt like Flacco again, if I'm being honest, of like some of Flacco's worst games of just like not being able to escape the pocket and just like getting hit and hit and hit and hit and hit. And I'm just like, I'm glad we got Lamar, man. He can just escape. He's a wizard. <laughs> No, 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 no. Lamar is the magician. The magician. <laughs> the magician. I'm Tucker's sorry. the wizard. <laughs> I'm sorry. Semantics here. You got to get it right. Anyways, yeah. but actually, yeah, I do 100% agree with you with the, I was remembering your Flacco comparison to Alan when we were doing the preview episode with CJ. And I don't know, I, this might've been the first Bills game I watched more than like a series. Like maybe I watched some Bills on Red Zone and some highlights, but Really watching a full game of Allen, you do get a lot of of you know Flacco two vibes with this guy. Like like he throws a very high arc of a deep ball to the receivers, dumps it off to the running backs more often than most quarterbacks. Stands in the pocket and takes hits very well. The guy's a warrior, but he doesn't strike you as like the most talented single caller in the league. Yeah, just the just the accuracy too. He just, you know, he definitely, you know, Lamar didn't have a good game either. I mean, let's face it, but there were just so many passes from Allen. It was just like either they he overthrew him for five to ten yards. On, yeah, I feel like he never connected on a deep ball, even though he clearly has the arm strength. Like he throws a monster of a ball, but it's just kind of like wherever it happens to be. And yeah, I mean, the I, I actually wasn't even thinking of the dump offs. I mean, I, I guess that's something. But honestly, if it was working with Singletary, then you know, why wouldn't he go back to it? That was the classic <laughs> Flacco move for the first couple of years when he had Ray Rice. But, uh, you know, and, and also not to discount, you know, Allen's running ability uh, because he has shown that in, in a number of games since he's been drafted uh, that he does have that extra ability to extend plays sometimes, whereas, you know, Flacco didn't really have that. But, yeah, it's, you know, I, I'm glad that we're, you know, with Lamar, I feel like we're not we're not in that same sort of like boomer bust style offense. If you guys know what I mean, it kind of seemed like when things don't go your way, you know, that's kind of what the bills have with Allen. And I'm glad to be kind of beyond that. Yeah. You do bring up a, a good point with, with Allen's rushing ability. We didn't really see that today. I mean, he only had two rushes for nine yards. Part of that I think was that it seemed like he was playing through an ankle injury. He got in like early in the game, maybe the first quarter. One guy who did, have some very good success running the ball today was Devin Singletary for the second week in a row. The Ravens run defense very stout up the middle, but again we saw another team figure out how to how to get some space off tackle and and I, I feel like at one point Singletary had a, a pretty long run off right tackle that looked very similar to what uh, Mostert did last week with San Francisco to get that touchdown. Uh, that I think this might be something the Ravens are going to have to 
figure out is is this uh, something that's just these pre- these past two opponents, or is this something that teams can exploit coming in going into the postseason? So I think it is Achilles' heel that can come up in certain packages. Unfortunately, like we're recording this day of, we just got off watching the game live and just trying to like gather as much information as we can. But I will say, forty four or maybe even half of those yards, because he had, what, 89 yards? That were all from that one drive. And afterwards, they made adjustments, and they weren't cashing us like that again. So I think that is something to note and applaud. Again, we talk about it every week now, it seems. Wink's ability to change out the packages and make adjustments on the fly to counteract the things that teams are trying to do against us. Right. The other thing to know, too, is also kind of a we- another weakness on the Ravens, at least for this game, is that Singletary was actually really good about not getting hit on first contact. There were a, a lot of plays where, you know, guys were missing some tackles. And Singletary just showing the strength to be able to shift off some guys and pick up some extra yards. So, again, that's something that can be fixed. Uh, focus on fundamentals than, uh, you know, a scheme issue. But yeah, I mean, you're right, you know, it's going to be an Achilles heel for us, uh, you know, until we can fix it. The good news is, is that we have been able to fix it here and there. But uh, yeah, certainly, if, you know, if we have somebody on our schedule who has the personnel to be able to take advantage of that, then that's definitely something that we're going to have to work on. Otherwise, the results might look a lot, you know, a lot worse, especially, you know, if we have another game, you know, with subpar weather where our offense is not going to be at full strength. Yeah, this weather seems to be, well, I wouldn't say seems to be, but it has coincided with the best defenses that this team has faced. So it's hard to say, is the problem the opponent or the weather? I mean, it's a combination of both with what's been showing to be the most effective at slowing down this offense, but is it more one or the other? That's what we'll have to, what the Ravens ought to figure out. Well, fortunately for us, the you know our defense played pretty well this game to be able to hold Buffalo to field goals for the first half. That was great. So even though the lead wasn't that egregious, we were still ahead for the whole game. So you know while the offense did put up as many points as we've seen the last couple of weeks, it, it was enough to win the game. So you know against you know a slightly better team or you know further into the playoffs, if you know we come out of these games and we get behind early. And, you know, the other team can lean on the running game a little bit more than that could be a little bit of a concern. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 totally up to the opponent as to whether, you know, they're going to be able to to stop our offense. Because I, I think still, if, you know, if, if we get the we get the ball first, we start scoring first. I think that kind of, you know, fits to the style of game that we've been playing, you know, all this year. So I think we'd be pretty good. Yeah, I think the team definitely looked their most vulnerable today that maybe they've looked all season. In, since their you know winning streak and kind of the reformation of this team. So I definitely was a little disappointed to see in the presser, Lamar wasn't wearing his nobody cares work harder shirt. But that's definitely a mantra that I hope they keep beating the drum of because, and it seems like they are, it seems like they're headspace in the right place if, even after this win. Just because, yeah, any given Sunday, you can be a little flatter and the game can be closer than you want it to be. So you got to keep executing, get the easy stuff, and and try to get the win each week. So one interesting hypothetical question going forward for the rest of the year, in most years, we would want any one of those AFC East teams to take down the Patriots and put them down a rung. And I'm trying to think right now, this is a legit division race. The Bills at nine and four, Patriots at 10 and three after losing to the Chiefs. 
which of these two teams would we rather the Ravens have to face again in the playoffs? Because <laughs> before this game, I was thinking, you know, definitely Bills. But now I'm like, the Patriots look bad right now, and the Bills look like a team that's that's starting to catch stride and, and you know, get a young nucleus gelling together. I might actually rather play the Patriots again in the playoffs or at least feel more comfortable about a win there than the Bills. Dude, give me that old man Tom Brady any day of the week. That team was playing <laughs> crap teams at the beginning of the year, and they looked, they they didn't even look that good on the offensive side, and their defense was just eating them up. Now their defense looks very human, and you know what? <sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to play the Bills again. <laughs> that was kind of close. <laughs> like, and, yeah, I was, I was telling CJ, I want them to win the division. And I know it would help a lot if, if we lost <laughs> today <laughs> for them to do that. But uh, they still have a chance to do it. They have a game against them coming up. And I hope that they win the division because they're, they're easily the better team, in my opinion. What do you think, Chris? I mean, yeah, right now I think they are the better team. That being said, uh, I think I would still take Josh Allen at home. I, I really didn't think he had a good game today. And I, I, I really wouldn't trust him in the playoffs. You know, not until he shows me otherwise. So I, I'd rather take, you know, Josh Allen at home, have him play on the road. Not saying that I'd rather, you know, have, you know, rather not face Tom Brady here uh, because Tom Brady isn't really having a great season this year either. But I don't know. With like a younger quarterback who, you know, I've kind of seen, I feel like I'd rather take my chances with him. That is a good point. However, where I still say I think the Bills are a scarier opponent in the playoffs is because I think the best offensive playmaker on both those teams right now is Devin Singletary and you know that guy he like Hollywood Brown has been playing through some injuries this year he missed a couple games early in the season and he's really starting to hit his stride and once again it's still a very good point you know young players like Allen and Singletary in the playoffs it's a stage going to be too big for them, and history shows it probably would be just out of, you know, you look at the teams that do well in the playoffs, and certainly, obviously, Belichick and Brady have a better pedigree than than any team or any coach and quarterback duo in NFL history. But at the same time, and Singletary is going to be really good in this league coming up very soon. He scares you. I agree with that. I think Edelman might be a better player on the playmaker on the two sides but we'll see yeah all i can say is that uh great game from from the bills it was hard fought from them wish them the best of luck until they play the ravens again but uh certainly wish (laughs) that they uh take care of business next week against the steelers that would uh you know not only keep their playoff hopes alive and the division title alive for them but that would also uh help us lock up our division as well so yeah man like the steelers are are this is getting ahead of ourselves, but we're talking about teams that could come back in the playoffs and and possibly bite the Ravens. The Steelers, I feel like, are the, are the storyline that, that keeps sticking around that everyone wants to ignore because it's like, you guys are down to your third-string quarterback. Le'Veon Bell's not there anymore. No one cares about you guys, and yet you still keep winning games, and we have to consider the fact you guys might get the sixth seed in the playoffs and might like be an upset special. If the Bills could just take care of them and just uh, like the Titans or someone can take over that six seed, that would be great. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say I did some research because I'm, I'm going to be on travel during the divisional round. And the first seed, as long as we keep up our pace and we keep the first seed, plays on the Saturday in the AFC. So keep that day open. <laughs> that's because uh, now that we have two games ahead, I'm feeling a little more confident that that's our uh, our seed. But uh, yeah, we did secure our playoffs. I don't know if we talked about that yet. We're in. <laughs> Feels good. Yeah, haven't locked up the division yet, obviously. But uh, yeah, no, that's you know for uh, for a couple of years between 2016, you know, 2017, 2018, we were biting our fingernails the last couple of weeks trying to figure out like, oh, can we get in? Can we get in? And now it's just like, oh yeah, we're in. That's a great feeling. <laughs> oh, that happened, <laughs> right? It's like <laughs> so many people had to like lose. You're like <laughs> rooting for a bunch of different games. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't miss those days. I don't know if you guys ever played around with the the playoff machine on ESPN.com. But man, I always remember this, this time of year is you're always like me and my dad will always like put in the different game scenarios and say like, all right, well, here are all the tiebreaker scenarios that the Ravens need these teams to lose and the Ravens need to win these games. But if they lose this game, then that tiebreaker is not going to work out. Now this year, it's just, just win the games and you're the number one seed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, why don't we uh, switch back over to the offense? Offensive side of the ball. Sounds good to me. All right. So, yeah, we talked a little bit about how the wind was kind of affecting uh, the quarterbacks today. That definitely played a part, but some things I think to be concerned about a little bit. Definitely Lamar was off on a couple of throws, and, and not just from some of the wind. I do think that interception that he threw was just kind of a bad pass in general to to Sneed. Right. You know, it didn't, you know, it was a short pass, right? I mean, it looked like it had some zip on it. It doesn't, didn't look like it was sort of floating in the air. It's just a little bit behind him, a little bit high. You know, now whether it was for compensating for the win, I, I, I don't know. But there were a couple of them like that. And But again, man, it was just like the, the other thing too that's so frustrating is that he had a couple of passes, I think, that were just so close of, you know, whether there was wind there or not, it was just like a couple inches, like he gets that touchdown pass to, to Andrews, you know, or like, you know, with a couple inches, he gets that like 30-yard play down the field at Nick Boyle. Whatever, whether it was wind or, or whatever, it's just, you just, you hate to see that. You know, we could have definitely used those plays to, to put the game away a little bit earlier than we did. So hopefully Lamar will be able to clean that up. Yeah, I do agree with that. I do think that that pass to Willie Sneed was a combination of the wind and a just a poor choice there. He was trying to do a little too much on that play. Another thing I think that's uh, something concerning to watch out for this offense, you know, we talk about all year the, the story has been, well, if both Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown are shut down, is the supporting cast enough to elevate this team Mark Andrews, it's looking like his injury is not going to be that bad. Calling it right now, as of Sunday night, uh, a thigh bruise, something that he should be able to come back from as early as next week. Uh, we'll obviously get more information on that injury as the week progresses, but right now looks doesn't look too bad. Hayden Hurst finally had his big big game of uh, of twenty nineteen with that huge touchdown catch, but outside of that, like. It was a very quiet day on the receiving end for for these guys, and the guy I'm most concerned about right now is is Hollywood Brown because the couple times he was in today, it really looked like the Ravens were really trying trying to 
force a play to this guy to to try and get him into the game flow. He had only had three catches today for minus two yards. All three of them, I think, were on some screen plays that seemed pretty obvious to the defense where the ball was going. I'm wondering if, if the Ravens, it's not a bad idea for them to just shut this guy down for the rest of the year, you know, give him three weeks off, hopefully four weeks off is what it's looking like it would be right now, and just get him right when you – we already know that they're in the playoffs. We're obviously – aiming for that number one seed, but, you know, use that time to get Hollywood healthy and to try and scheme up some better plays for, for Snead and Roberts to become more consistent guys in this offense. Do we think he's not healthy? Do we think that's the issue? Well, it could be something else. I mean, maybe defensive coordinators have figured this guy out, but I think that I'd have to find some, articles that I don't have in front of me right now, but I thought that the guy's been, I thought at one point a few weeks ago around the, the time of the Patriots game, there was some talk that, that he's just kind of as healthy as he's going to, going to be this year. And he's not fully recovered from that list Frank injury. And it's just not going to happen until he's able to get extended rest. I mean, I, I do agree with you, Peter. I think we forced the ball to him in a couple of situations. There was actually really one pass. I hope Lamar saw that one and wanted to take it back, but he kind of dumped it off to Hollywood in the flat, hoping he could make a play, and he just got crushed by Lorenzo Alexander. And I don't think Hollywood was happy about that play. I thought this one, I just... I thought that we were trying to get him the ball close to the line of scrimmage and the Bills were just on top of a lot of those plays. I, I didn't see, you know, any deep shots to, to Hollywood. So again, like, you know, maybe that could have been, you know, either game plan or, you know, also affected by the weather. I'm not exactly sure, but I mean he looked healthy he looked healthy enough to me, at least as healthy as we've seen him the like past couple of months. So I don't yeah, I don't I don't know if it was really injury related, at least how I saw it. So I'm finding multiple articles saying that Marquise Brown was limited in practice leading up to the Bills game with an ankle injury, which is an injury that I believe we've been hearing about since around the Patriots game. So that's a separate injury than the list Frank, which kept him out of training camp. Right. And quite honestly to me, like he had the a good game against the Rams, but he hasn't, I feel like when this guy is fully healthy, even against really good defenses, he's, he's running those, those deep nine routes and and deep posts that we saw him do against Miami. And unless I'm forgetting some plays, I don't think I've seen him attempt that play since that Lamar's first pass against Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. That's a good point. I think his game relies so much on quick cuts, best route running, things like that, that if he is having ankle injury problems, that takes away his, his unique advantage, you know? Yeah. But I do still think, regardless of whether or not Hollywood is healthy or not, he is still a rookie. And, you know, he still doesn't have the NFL game fully figured out. So I think it does bode well for the Ravens in these next three games to just be ready if, if need be to have, you know, Snead or Roberts step up and, and play the role that Hollywood has in a couple of these games where he's been the, the primary target. 
Well, I mean, they could receive the volume of targets. I don't think either of those guys are going to be as good of a deep threat uh, as Hollywood. But, uh, you know, that's also why we've had uh, Miles Boykin in there as well, right? We've taken a couple of deep shots to him, not this game, but at least in the last couple of weeks we have. Oh, yeah. And what I'm what I'm talking about is is not not him being the being Snead or Roberts being the same playmaker that Brown are because they're completely different players, but just being able to take on that volume in in what those players bring to the table in the the case that that was was needed because in most games I feel like when when Lamar's bottled up to less than 150 passing yards and less than 50 rushing yards and the defense slips up unlike they did today that's going to be tough game to win so yeah it's more so just looking ahead what's this hypothetical matchup in the future where the offense sputters as much as it did today, but the defense isn't there to pick them up. Guys, there are two things I think we really need to talk about. First of all, we just glossed over our boy. More importantly, Chris's boy. <laughs> I think, Chris, you, you got you to gotta, you gotta hype it up because this is a big moment for you and for the team <laughs> and for the player. <laughs> we can't just gloss over that. I know, I know. I was glad you brought it up uh, because there was a lot of content that Peter just went over right here. <laughs> <laughs> My man, Hayden Hurst, finally came alive. <laughs> what a guy. Man, we've been hyping this guy up for weeks, for months. He's got great hands. We said we watch it, you know, watch it on the tape. We're like, this guy's getting open. Lamar just doesn't see him yet. And even the plays where he was making plays, he'd be moving the chains, making key, critical, clutch catches on the sidelines, wherever, to extend drives. This guy has got great hands. He's got great route running abilities. He's a great blocker. Why aren't we using this guy? Well, it's really hard to when you have like three legitimate tight ends who just like do everything really well, and one of them is Mark Andrews, who just eats up all the targets. Well, unfortunately... You know, as we talked about with Andrews, he had that thigh injury in the first quarter, so who had to step up? Hayden Hurst, my man, who had that amazing touchdown catch. It, it looked, honestly, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it looked almost exactly like that touchdown catch against the Chargers that Andrews had last year. It was a very, very similar route, a very similar execution of just Lamar putting it in the right spot. Hayden Hurst completely got behind the defense and just, you know, sprinted into the end zone. Just... Awesome. I'm so happy that this guy has finally got a shot. It's just, uh, it's it's amazing. It was incredible. Uh, high fives, headbutts all over the place. Um, like I said, you know, I, it, the stuff I do in practice has, doesn't always carry over to games, but, you know, it's nice to see that stuff carry over. I think the guys have faith in me to make plays like that. And uh, like I said, I just stay patient. Was that, that pass was into the win and also kind of crossing as well. Did it move a lot? Oh, a little bit. But like I said, I was rolling. And I saw a lot of space. Um, I don't get that look too often, so I was going to try to take full advantage of it. Yeah, no, and I, I completely agree with you with the the parallel to the the Andrews touchdown from last year. Um, I'd have to watch that play again to, to compare both of them to see if it was the the same play, but I think it was it had to have been the same the same route that he ran. And it really just goes to show you that as good as Andrews has been, like Hurst can be just as good. It's just that you know. Hurst ran the same play that that Andrews would have run in that same situation if Andrews was healthy at that point in the game, and it's just been tough for this guy to to show why he he was a first round pick and deserved to be a first round pick because you're in offense that is throwing the ball less than 
than league average to begin with. And then, you know, Hurst got behind the curve with, with chemistry with, with at the time Flacco and then Lamar because of that uh, foot injury, he was um, battling through all of last season. And Andrews has been Lamar's go-to guy since he came in, you know, they, they're street balling together out on the field. But if Hurst gets his, his opportunities, like he's going to produce as well. I do want to bring up a more somber note. The offensive line today had a few miscues. So one of the ones I wrote down, they had a six-man blitz. Stanley let a guy free run, hit Lamar to end a drive on third down. That felt bad. Makari had a few bad snaps that were a little outside and kind of messed up timing on plays. And one of them was really close to the end zone. So if that thing had gone past Lamar, could have been absolute disaster. I guess the one upshot was the very heads-up play by Bozeman to swat down that errant throw by Lamar. I, I don't think he should have thrown it there because uh, he was trying to be a hero, and it came out like a duck because his hand got hit, and Bozeman was just like, nope, illegal touching? I don't care. <laughs> that ball's going down. Yeah, that's a good point. The offensive line looked... They played their worst game since uh, that game against Pittsburgh, and again, not sure how much credit until I watch the replay to give to the, how good of a scheme the Bills had or just how bad the Ravens' offensive line was playing, but definitely something the coaches are going to be studying the tape at and looking to shore up. Well, the one thing we haven't talked about as well, actually, a couple new plays that we hadn't seen before. Uh, there are actually a handful of them, and you know, this is actually kind of something I look at. Like, I'm not exactly sure whether, you know, this was kind of drawn up knowing, you know, what the you know what the weather was going to be like and what type of opponent we were going to have. Maybe they thought the Bills might be a little susceptible for this. But I definitely think it's interesting. We should probably talk about them. So the first one, I think it was kind of interesting. It, it, it may not have been drawn up that way, but at least the execution of it was kind of interesting. We were in the red zone. And uh, it looked like Lamar was uh, had like a, a a read to run behind Boyle to the right and be able to run into the end zone. Well, unfortunately, one of the Bills defenders came down and was going to hit Lamar, and so he was able to basically just toss the ball over him. And Boyle, after a couple bobbles, was finally able to come down with it. You know, that was one thing I, I don't think we've seen in, in in a while. A couple other ones in here. So we had the Wildcat. We brought it back. You know, I'm sure all Ravens fans thought it was gone when Flacco left, but no, we brought it back for two plays, I think, where Lamar was split out wide. We had the direct snap to Ingram on both of those plays. I believe the first one, we didn't get anything or we lost a, a yard or two. And then I think the second one was in the red zone on another drive and we got three or four yards on that one. And I think probably the biggest one that it really didn't matter at all based on where it was in the actual game, but that fake kneel down at the end of the second quarter going into the half. I tell you what, guys, like I, I had I had no idea that Justice Hill even had that ball. It was so weird because you were watching the, the camera trying to figure out like where the ball was, and all of a sudden you see him take off for like nine yards, and you're like, holy shit, he could have made that. Yeah, the, the football was very hard to follow on that play. <laughs> I wasn't too keen on the Wildcat plays. I know that one of them worked out, but... I don't know. Unless unless they're trying to just set up something where Ingram throws a ball later in the season. Like, 
I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so like it just it just looked like a too obvious of an inside run for my taste. And the fake kneel down, brilliant. Get that stuff on film. <laughs> Similar with the RG3 on uh the screen and the Heisman package in general. Like I'm all about giving more and more film for defensive coordinators to have to worry about. And even if we're only using these plays for one or two times a game, it can make an impact. So maybe in that regard, the Wildcat was an okay idea. I just felt like each time it was really obvious what we were going to do next. And I don't like when plays are too, too obvious. Yeah. And you do bring up a good point with the Heisman package. Like if you already have that in there, it kind of seems to defeat the purpose of, of doing a Wildcat where to our knowledge, I don't know. Maybe maybe there there is the threat of Mark Ingram throwing. I don't know if the guy's ever thrown a a pass in the NFL. I'd have to look up his stats. But if your backup quarterback is a dual threat quarterback, I don't really think that the Wildcat gives you a a benefit because like you know the the, the Dolphins did the ben, the Wildcat because they had Chad Pennington, who all three of us I think could have a pretty good chance at at beating in a foot race when he was playing in the NFL, like. <laughs> like they they didn't have a, a dual threat quarterback to to run the wildcat with so they used uh used ronnie brown and ricky williams but if you have a dual threat quarterback it kind of seems to the wildcat just kind of doesn't really seem to make sense in my opinion but we'll see they got film on it now like you said and maybe they have a surprise for us later in the year all right well how about mvps well chris you got to go first because we are i think the, everyone listening knows who yours is. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I could have a couple, but yeah, no, because you guys are going to just give it to me. I'm going to take it. Hayden Hurst, my man. I love you. You're one of my favorite players. I, I've been, just been waiting for you to have this opportunity. I, I'm sure you were just like even more excited than I am. You know, absolutely that, you know, to be able to come in for Andrews and be able to get that huge touchdown, which was, I mean, the difference in the game, you know, we won by a touchdown. That was absolutely huge. You showed off what you could do and, you know, reminded everybody that you were a first round pick for a reason. Although, you know, I'm sure lots of fans are still questioning. It's like, wow, he was picked eight spots before Lamar. You know what? I don't want to hear it. Hayden Hurst, you're my guy. You're my MVP. All right. So what about you guys? You can't pick, you can't pick Hurst. (laughs) (laughs) For me, I'm going to give my MVP to... I think that the difference in this game was in on a day when the offense was sloppy that the defense was bend but don't break but did never really gave the Bills a chance to get into a comfortable game flow because of how just how relentless the pass rush was all day. There's a number of defensive players you could give it to in that regard. I'm going to give it to a guy who, you know, first half of the year was was absolutely invisible but just continues week in and week out to, you know, he's still learning the NFL, but he's making impact plays. Jalen Ferguson had a sack today, two tackles for a loss and three QB hits. And I'm just going to give it to him because I feel like the pass rush and just the Ravens constantly being in the backfield was the difference in the game today. That's a good pick. I will say an honorable mention because my second uh, overall pick is still available but honorable mention I do want to bring up, because I thought it was going to come to this from your soliloquy, was uh, Gus the Bus. You know, we had a t- conversation with CJ that the running game could feast today. And unfortunately, 
you know, usually 118 yards is nothing to sneeze at, but for our team, it's a little low. Gus the Bus had some really nice rushes there, looked good, looked fresh, and I wanted to give him a, a shout out. But man, oh man, I wrote it in the notes. His price tag just keeps going up. Money bags over here. Matt Judon <laughs> with a strip sack and one and a half sacks, almost, you know, and a couple other sacks. I mean, crap. <laughs> I want to see you in a Ravens uniform, man, but you're going to make it really difficult for us. Yeah, ain't that the truth? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I agree with both of you. Uh, a good, great. Uh, thank you for mentioning Gus Edwards, though, too, Alec. We didn't really talk about him during the pod, but yeah, he had a he had a really great game today. A couple of really good runs, showing off not only the the power to be able to go through tackles, but also the speed to get the some of those outside runs too. He he had a really, you know, he looked real good today. And there you have it. That's the Ravens closing out the Buffalo Bills today, clinching a playoff spot in the for the 2019-2020 season. All that's left for them to f- put a bow on this regular season is to beat the Jets, Browns, and Steelers and lock up that AFC North title and the division, and we can start talking playoff matchups. Again, you can always follow us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Tune in later this week as we have a football game again in four days. Yeah, it's looking like Chris and I will be at the game again. Peter is saving his money for some playoff tickets. I can't blame him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being a degenerate over here. (laughs) I don't want to speak for Chris, but (laughs) I'm just like, yeah, I'll go. (laughs) I was going to say, this this game actually made it easy on my dad because he was able to buy the tickets for uh, for me and my brothers, so he could cross a Christmas uh, gift off our list. (laughs) There you go. Very nice. Well, nine straight. Hoping to make it 10 on Thursday night on primetime. Let's go, Ravens. Talk about uh, switching from long sleeves to short sleeves. Uh, well, our PR guy, Pat, told me, Patrick told me, he was like, man, what's up with the sleeves? And I was like, man, it's cold out here, this game. And um, I got ticked off going into halftime, so I'm like, I'm going to take them off and just play ball. You know, I, I got warm at, um, actually as the game went on, and that's when I made the switch. Did it help? It, it, it did help. No, it's not. It is not at all, but um, you guys probably think about Kansas City when we lost, but that was different. You know, that, I feel like that shirt was even bigger. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I took it off and rest was success. Big boy, no little boy. Whoop, whoop.